0: Welcome to the Success is Subjective podcast series brought to you by collegealternative.org, presented by Lilly Consulting. I'm your host, Joanna Lilly. In today's episode, I had the pleasure of interviewing Kyle Carter. Kyle resides in Orange County, California, where he has sat in many leadership roles on several public service committees focused on young persons in recovery. Carter's professional career began in sales and marketing, which lasted for over nine years, most recently with New York Life as a licensed life insurance agent. Carter began his career in substance abuse treatment, working as a care coordinator at Newport Academy in Orange, California in 2012. Working with young people, Carter was able to utilize his own personal experience with recovery as well as training received from top professionals to advance his career and become a recovery coach. Concurrent to his employment in the treatment field, Carter attended school at Saddleback College earning a certificate of achievement for drug and alcohol studies. Carter's passions for working with young people in recovery combined with his training and education working in the industry has led him to collaborate with other respected professionals to build a program bridging the gap between in the adolescent treatment industry to provide extended care services to teens facing challenges with co-occurring disorders. Sustained Recovery was created in 2014 and has grown into one of the leading residential providers of co-occurring disorders for adolescents. Let's not wait any longer. Here's Kyle. Kyle, I'm super excited to have you on the podcast.
1: Thank you. I'm excited as well.
0: (laughs) Um, This took us a minute for anybody that's listening. Oh my gosh. Talk about me having technical difficulties. So I just appreciate you being flexible. Of course. I don't know your complete story. And I'm sure there might be some people that will eventually listen to this that do. But let's start with you sharing with the listeners, where did you grow up? And then what was the messaging that you were getting from your family as well as kind of that community in which you were raised about post-secondary education?
1: Absolutely. So um, I was born in New York and then grew up in uh, Boca Raton, Florida. So kind of suburban, upper middle class uh, neighborhood. And my parents were both business owners and college dropouts and very successful. So it was interesting because I wasn't pressured to to go to any type of post-secondary education at all. It was encouraged and it seemed like in the community, that's really what everybody did. You know, that's just the standard. You go to four years of high school and then you go to a university. So that was my plan initially. Um, And then uh, I think my plan ended up uh, turning into um, I was going to go to two years of community college and then go to college. And then uh, our best plans never work out the way we hoped they would. So, <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, Preach to that. So then kind of fill us in. What, what did you actually end up doing like post high school graduation? What was your path?
1: So about... The second how the beginning of the second or, or towards the end of my junior year of high school, I got sent to treatment for my first time for substance use disorder. Um, I was there through um, the end of my junior year and, and uh, I, I had convinced everybody and convinced my teachers that, you know, or convinced my parents that they could let me go back to school my junior year to finish up finals. Um, and I got back and uh, and finished finals, and and that was one of the things I I always was good at, uh, you know, keeping my grades up and all those things because I wanted to keep the suspicion off me so I could continue doing what, you know, what I was doing in the background. But, um, you know, I ended up um, going back to treatment over the summer and then came back to school my senior year made it through about half of my senior year. And I was, uh, when you're born in, in New York, you end up, uh, the cutoff is a little bit differently. So I turned 18 only a couple months into my senior year. So the second half of my senior year, I was already 18 and and things had gone off the rails already to the degree that I ended up in long-term treatment, the second half of my senior year and, um, continued to, I had two courses left that i needed actually two credits left that i needed for my high school diploma and i completed those courses through correspondence and i was actually technically class of 2003 but uh after treatment and they ended up uh sending me out to sober living in california which i'm still out here today almost 20 years later because california is awesome i ended up uh actually graduating high school in uh 2005
0: so wow that's two years later just be in is that just because of kind of the california system or it was because you were in long-term treatment and sober living
1: i was in long-term treatment yeah and um i think one of the big um one of the big things that I didn't want really to to go into treatment um, I, I i didn't go to treatment because i wanted to change my life or i wanted to get sober my parents wanted me to change it wasn't i was pointing the finger you know it, it wasn't me that wanted to go to treatment it was my parents that that had sent me to treatment so i had a problem taking the account kind of accountability for my own actions and, and my path that had led me there so when i was there in treatment One of the things, I I went to treatment pretty much just to keep my parents' financial support. And then towards the end, they said, all right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to pay for your sober living rent for two months. We're going to give you $400, and you're going to have to support yourself. And I hadn't graduated high school at this point. I had no job experience except... I was a busboy at an Italian restaurant and I worked in the game room at uh, Pete Rose's Ballpark Cafe in Boca Raton, Florida. That's the only job experience that I had and a little bit of drug dealing on the side. So I ended up going to, so I was like, how are you going to take a, I was 19 at this point, how are you going to take a 19 year old kid, ship him across the country to one of the most expensive places to live in the country, Orange County, California, and expect me to be able to survive on that. And they told me the same thing that was kind of my mantra going through treatment and all that was, you know, just take the next indicated step and have faith and everything's going to work out and stop listening to your own head because your own head gets you in trouble. So start taking direction for other people. And that's what I did. So when I came out of treatment and I came to California, The priority, I think, was more making a living. I got a job at a telemarketing company where one of my housemates was working and was able to give me a ride because I didn't have a car and uh, was working from 6 a.m. to 3 p.m., Monday through Friday, telemarketing to businesses for business insurance over the phone.
0: That sounds like a serious hustle. And, and to start at 6 a.m. too, like here's the advice. You're going to oh, start yeah. following what somebody else tells you. And that first <laughs> thing that what somebody tells you is you need to be a telemarketer and you're going to have to take yeah. this job working from 6 a.m. to 3 p.m. Monday through Friday. That's, that's serious. Um,
1: yeah. So So education, although it was something that I wanted to aspire to continue with, kind of got put on the back burner. Obviously, the priority was to finish high school, and then be able to start some post secondary education. But I also kind of always had it in the back of my mind that, hey, my parents were business owners, they were college graduates, you know, I don't have to go to college, you know, and and I was gonna, I would only go to college if it was, you know, going to be on a path that was going to lead me to a particular Mm -hmm. career. Which I didn't know what that was going to be at that
0: point. Right. Well, the only thing that I know for certain, at, at like this point in your journey, is that you're not still doing that telemarketing job. <laughs> so, <Yes. laughs> why don't you fill us in, kind of, on what were some of those chapters? You know, what other jobs did you have? Did you go to school? You know, like what? What was your path leading up to where you are now? And then, obviously, we want to highlight. The work that you're doing now, because, like you said, you've been in California for 20 years. So there's a lot that's happened in 20 years. So fill us in.
1: Yeah, there's a couple little things that have happened from now in the last uh, the last 20 years or so. But uh, you can hear one of them in the background. My three month old daughter back there. She always <laughs> wants to be part of the conversation. Um, so anyway, I um, I worked at that telemarketing job. I actually worked my way up through the company, um, and and I would never done anything like that before. And I started, like, right off the bat, breaking records, and I was like, oh, is this normal? And they're like, no, you're, like, amazing at this. So I guess I kind of had the gift of gab, if you will, um, that I never realized. And uh, so I kind of progressed through and worked my way up through the company. I ended up working there. Um, not doing telemarketing the whole time, but I ended up working there about six years. Um, and that was in the insurance industry. So I'd gotten a lot of um, knowledge um, about the insurance industry. And uh, when I left that company, at one point while I was there, I tried going to community college for, uh, obviously graduated high school. I went to community college and took a few kind of Career placement, uh, you know, path courses. And I always knew that I wanted to be a business owner. So I I took some courses just in intro business, things like that, just kind of learn a little bit more. But I ended up working there for about six years. And then uh, I wanted to continue in the insurance industry. And I got my insurance license and became a licensed uh, life and health insurance agent and started doing that a little bit. But my heart really wasn't there. My heart really wasn't in it. Obviously the reasons that led me to California and not doing college right off the bat was that I am a person in long-term recovery and entered long-term recovery when I was a teenager. So teenage and young people's recovery was always a passion for me. And non-professionally, I did a lot of service work on a lot of nonprofit committees that were dedicated to showing other young people that they could have fun in recovery. So um, I did the insurance thing for a few years, but my heart really wasn't in it. I wasn't passionate about it. My passion was with young people in recovery. So um, I was doing okay in insurance, and I started my career over. Uh, working as a support staff at a uh, residential adolescent residential treatment program out here in Southern California, making twelve dollars an hour and had no schooling or or anything like that. Um, so I was starting a career over and while I was there, I uh, went back to college to um, to get my uh, drug and alcohol certification, so I was able to get some knowledge in that. I thought you know just being in recovery for x amount of years was going to give me the knowledge, and I was uh, Sadly mistaken, getting into the field. You know, I thought I knew. I thought I knew what I was doing because I had been sober x amount of years, and I couldn't have been more wrong. So I was able to get some uh, some formal education. Um, worked at this adolescent treatment program for about three years, but still always had the intention of of wanting to be a business owner. I wanted to wanting to do my own thing. Um, and was able to identify a gap in adolescent treatment services that was that I saw in the industry at that time, so I worked uh, at this program from two thousand and twelve to two thousand and fourteen um, and then in two thousand and fifteen, myself and uh, some business partners opened up sustained recovery and uh, we are, are an adolescent uh, extended care three to six month uh, residential treatment program for uh, kids that are dealing with dual diagnosis and, and it's, been, uh, it's been a journey, it's been awesome so far. So
0: I can only imagine what that journey has been like, but I'm going to ask you this question because I ask all of my guests. Having heard kind of where you are up to this point, do you see yourself as successful?
1: That's an interesting, an interesting question. I guess it's how you determine, you know, how you define success. And for me, honestly, you know, I'm not so much, I, I think if, if we've, if I've saved, you know, or contributed to saving one life, then yes, I, I look at that as being successful because the way being around here a while and being in this industry a while, the way we get to see, and I'm sure you've seen this, you know, you impact somebody and then they grow up and then they get up, you know, go into the industry and then they impact X amount of people. And it's just amazing the amount of impact that, uh, that you can have. So, you know, the, the the house, the car, the family, all that. I feel like I got it started a little bit late on the family, put the car before the horse a little bit. And we were, I was uh, planning again, we had a scheduled wedding for May of this year, but we got pregnant. So had a baby three months ago and the wedding got postponed. It's gonna be March of uh, next year now, but uh, you know, I'm turning 38 next month. So I almost felt like the, the professional and all those things, kind of gave me a little bit of a late start in uh, in the family life, but I know I've always wanted to uh, to have a family as well. So obviously, I you know, I, I have the family and, you know, the house and the car, all those nice things, live in Southern California, all that. You know, it's still a struggle sometimes out here in Southern California with how expensive everything is, you know. So from that standpoint, sure, you could say, but uh, I think the main thing is being able to, Impact people's lives because I so I know so many people that have jobs that they clock in and out for, but just don't have that meaning and that purpose behind it. Which is kind of how I felt when I worked in the insurance industry. Whereas now, I get to make a living and be, you know, as society calls it, successful, I guess, if you will. Uh, but I also get to have that meaning and that purpose that that really. That I look at as you know, for me feeling successful, or, or I don't, usually don't like to use that word, just being fulfilled and, and and happy, and you know have a purpose in life. So
0: it seems like your daughter also has something to say about this idea of she, dad, dad being oh, successful. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> She's got a lot to say.
0: <laughs> um. Well, I think that's fantastic. And it just actually takes me a little bit back to kind of what you said in the beginning. Both of your parents are college dropouts, but they both own successful businesses. So like that apple didn't fall very far from the tree. And I think it just is proof in the pudding that if you have a a clear vision and you feel like you have purpose and passion and you see a gap, honestly, like you don't have to have the degree behind your name, especially in business to be able to run a business. You just need to know who to reach out to, to like actually make sure that your business is operating how it's supposed to, right? Like liability insurance, making sure it's registered appropriately or licensed, you know, all those details, but you don't need a, you don't need a college degree for that. You just need some folks, like I said, some mentors that can really help guide you. So I'm going to ask this question then, because uh, it feels like a follow-up, you know, it's honestly pretty rare that I have a guest on the show that, that became really like started their recovery journey in their teenage years. So as an adolescent, more often than not, especially just because of the nature of this uh, this podcast, it's usually like in college or, you know, in young adulthood or even like early adulthood. Regardless, I'm kind of curious and I'm getting to a point, I promise there's a question here. I always ask the question, you know, what advice could, would you give to kind of a young person that's struggling right now? But I think it actually needs to be even more specific to like a young person who's like a high school junior, high school senior, similar experience to where you were. You know, what advice would you give that young person?
1: You know, I I used to want to say to a lot of these kids, um, because I I was always chasing that, you know, that high, not only the high from the drugs, but, you know, the high. I mean, I was... uh, I'll I'll paint a picture for you. I, I'm growing up in um you know South Florida Boca Raton suburban area and I'm driving around listening to rap music thinking I'm a gangster, you know, <laughs> thinking I'm like part of that lifestyle and I'm I'm clearly not. I'm a little white Jewish boy from from uh, Boca Raton, Florida. And uh you know, but but I needed to feel like I belonged. I needed there was something inside of me That I didn't feel comfortable in my own skin. So I needed something external, be it the substances or the friends or the quote unquote lifestyle, whatever the case may be to make me feel good about myself. And now I I feel like I still need that today, but now I get that feeling and that fulfillment from helping others, being of service to others and, and being able to impact other people's lives. So. It's tricky because I used to say that, you know, I I wish I could take the feeling of, you know, having a parent giving you a call and telling you that, you know, they saved your son's life or something like that. I wish I could give you that feeling and you could feel that because then you would never want to do what you're doing anymore. You'd want to, you know, live on a different path. But I feel like if I did that, I would rob them of the journey. And the journey is so important. And everybody, I feel like has, you know, their path and their ups and downs and their struggles. And, you know, unfortunately, some of us, you know, have to be unsuccessful. Some of us have to die. Some of us have to not make it, you know, to show others that, you know, what the path is that, you know, that we need, um, going forward. So, you know, if anything, it it would be to kind of get out of your own way, because if, if my aspirations as an 18 year old came true i would have 100 sold myself short
0: that's really good advice i'm gonna like as i'm listening to you i'm like wow that's i almost want to take that for myself too right like in reflection thinking back on like where i was as an adolescent but that's that's a, a side conversation. I'm not, right.
1: So anybody else that's listening, this is great. Yeah, I'm not an advice <laughs> giver. I hate giving advice. I'm not, I feel like I'm not smart enough to give people advice. I just I follow the path that's kind of been laid out for me and you know like I said, try try to take the next indicated step, you know trust the process, not get in my own way and, and things end up working out.
0: Um. Okay. So I think what's most important is you know maybe there's some you know young a mom or a parent of a young white Jewish boy in Boca Boca Raton <laughs> who's acting like uh you know like listening to rap music and acting unlike himself, um, and they're looking for advice. Or maybe, maybe it's the young man, right? Or like just somebody who's like, dude, how did you make it in Southern California? It's so ridiculously expensive to live here. Like, how do you actually hustle to not just survive, but thrive? So I know that there's going to be at least one person that listens to your story, that it resonates for one reason or the other. And my hope is that they'll reach out to you to connect on that level of like seeking more advice or just expressing gratitude or whatever it is that they want to kind of share with you and, you know, after having heard your story. So uh, what's most important in this question that I'm asking you is how do people connect with you?
1: is this is is this the shameless plug with my contact info and all that okay
0: yep not not so shameless shameless plug <laughs> tell <laughs> us all of the things yeah
1: um so yeah i could be uh probably the best way would be just through our, our company's website sustain recovery so www.sustainrecovery.com there is uh, we have a main line on there um, that actually rings through to my cell phone so you're able to reach me that way and then there's also a um an inquiry page on there as well but uh, we'll send me a direct email so
0: cool well we'll make sure that that link is in the show notes obviously uh, sustainrecovery.com and um kyle i cannot thank you especially being uh a a young parent of a a very new baby thank you for taking the time to actually sit down and have uh this video conversation with me
1: absolutely i apologize for the for the background noise but we got through it
0: that is a part of the journey
1: yep absolutely
0: That's it for this week's Success is Subjective episode. I want to thank my guests for joining me on this week and for being willing to share your journey. This podcast would not exist if it wasn't for people such as yourself. Stay tuned for the next episode where you can bet it'll be another amazing human sharing their personal story with the world make sure you check out the show notes where you will find contact information, website details, and all social media for our guests. And also put a face with a voice by accessing their interview on the newly formed successissubjective.org website. If you're interested in being a guest on the podcast, you can email me at Joanna, J-O-A-N-N-A at successissubjective.org. I would also be remiss if I didn't tell you to check out the collegealternative.org and lilyconsulting.com websites for additional resources outside of podcasting. If you're listening to the show on Apple Podcasts, please do me a favor and subscribe. And while you're at it, feel free to leave a review. You can also download to listen to Success is Subjective on any other popular podcast apps such as Amazon, Audible, Google, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio. And last but not least, Success is Subjective is listener supported, made possible by me and by you. You can show support for the continuation of this podcast by donating on the successissubjective.org website. Thank you for tuning in. And remember, there is no single path through life. Success is what you make it.
2: Do you have a teenager or young adult who seems to have lost their way? Maybe they need help navigating adolescence, adulthood, and decisions surrounding higher education. Or maybe they have become withdrawn, their grades are slipping, or they are flat out living a reckless lifestyle and you're concerned about their health and well-being. If this describes what your teen or young adult is facing, a therapeutic consultant may be able to help. Mental health, addiction recovery, and higher education can all be equally expensive. While information is everywhere, how do you know what option is the best one for your family? Some parents have the time to research and navigate this on their own. Some don't. If the latter applies to you, enter therapeutic consultants. Therapeutic consultants, like Joanna, listen to your family's specific needs and advocate on behalf of your loved one. TCs will research therapeutic resources, recommend treatment programs, and assist during adulthood transitions. Not being affiliated with any program, their support is completely objective and catered toward the best interest of each unique family. To find a qualified therapeutic consultant to work with, check out TCA, also known as the Therapeutic Consulting Association. Their website is therapeuticconsulting.org, all one word. Again, that's therapeuticconsulting.org. Then click the Find a Pro tab up at the top.